1: Instead of joining David because he's offended, he, he, should, he should have joined David because he knew that David was God's chosen king. But don't you find it interesting that Abner knew that the kingdom was to be given to David? Don't you find that interesting? Look at verse 12. You're looking at verse 12. Then Abner sent messengers on behalf to David saying, whose is the land? Saying also... Make your covenant with me, and indeed my hand shall be with you to bring all of Israel to you, Abner says. And David said, Good. I will make a covenant with you, but one thing I require you. You shall not see my face unless you first bring my goal. Hmm. Saul's daughter. When you come to see my face. So David sent messengers to Ishbosheth, Saul's son, saying, Give me, my wife, Michael, whom I betrothed to myself for a hundred four skins of the Philistines. Anybody remember that? Uh, okay. And ish just sent and he took her from her husband from Patiel or Paltiel, the son of Laish. And then her husband went along with her to Bahurim, weeping behind her. So Abner said to him, go and return. And he returned. Now, Abner had communicated with the elders of Israel saying in time past, you were seeking for a king to be over you. Now then do it. Underline that for the Lord has spoken of David saying by the hand of my servant, David, I will save my people Israel from the hand of the Philistines and from the hand of all of the, all the, their enemies. And Abner also spoke in the hearing of Benjamin. Then then Abner also went to speak in the hearing of David in Hebron, all that seemed good to Israel and the whole house of Benjamin. And so Abner and how many men? Twenty went with him, came to David at Hebron, and David made a feast for Abner and the men who were with them. And then Abner said to David, I will arise and go and gather all of Israel to my lord, the king, that they may make a covenant with you and that you may reign over all that your heart desires. And so David sent Abner away and he went in peace. Stop right there, saints. Give me your attention. Abner offered David help to bring Israel under his rule. Now, let me under to bring Israel under David's rule. Now, let me say this. This is a really nice thing for Abner to do. Although. God doesn't need Abner's help. Somebody say, amen. God doesn't need his help. This is a nice thing. Don't get me wrong, but God doesn't need his help. God is going to give the kingdom to David regardless whether Abner helps him or not. But okay, fine. Look at verse 13. David sends messengers to Abner and says, yeah, I'll accept your offer under one condition. I need you to bring Michael. And you remember David's first wife. Huh? That Saul took and gave to Paul Tiel. Michael is Ishbosheth's sister. Now you remember again, Michael, first Samuel chapter eighteen. If you're taking those, write it in the, in your Bibles in the margin. First Samuel eighteen tells us Michael loved David. Saul said, Great. first Samuel eighteen, reading your own time. Saul said, Great. I'll give her to David to be a snare to David. Now we talked about that, didn't we? What kind of father says I will give my daughter to a man to make his life miserable? Nice dad. And what kind of woman was she that her father knows I don't like David, so I'm going to give her to him and his life will be miserable. Yes. Who does that? I mean what, what in the world what kind of, what is what's going on with her character, right? So you got to understand that David now has every right to ask for Michael. You got to. You you you're probably wondering why is he asking for Michael? Why? Why out of a blue Michael? Well, he has every reason to ask for Michael because in ancient culture, listen to this: if you fled your country or you were un, you were a traitor and you left your wife and she was uncared for, ancient culture said another man could take your wife. And if you came back, she didn't have to go back with you. But if a man was captured during war and taken as a POW against his will, if the woman married another, if the man came back, she had to go back to him. So it isn't unusual that David would say, Look, Saul, you took my wife at the lowest point of my life. Now I want her back. Also, David is making a very, very smart move here because by claiming the daughter of Saul, he is also claiming the entire kingdom. Also, it's just good diplomacy to have a queen next to you. It's good diplomacy for a senior pastor to have a Miss Elvira next to him. Amen it is for any pastor you know people have asked me well can a person be a senior pastor and not have a wife and the answer to that is yes yes who are we who are you to tell god who he's going to call and how he's going to call them and, and 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 what's he going to do with them and not only that, but there is no prohibition in scripture that a man cannot pastor a church and not have a wife. We know that Timothy was, oh, put it this way. We believe that Timothy was not married and he pastored a church. Um, Paul, we believe, history tells us, all indicators indicate that he, now granted he wasn't a, pastor, but he kind of apostle pastored many, many churches. Um, He had to probably have a wife at some point because he was a member of the Sanhedrin and a requirement of a member of the Sanhedrin is you have had to have a wife. You had to have a wife. So what, why don't we have any mention of Paul's wife in scripture? I don't know. Uh, Maybe she died. Maybe she left him. After he became a Christian, remember Acts chapter 9? Maybe she left him. Maybe she thought, you know, I can't get where, because Christianity wasn't a cool thing back then. Christianity was considered a cult. So maybe she left him, we don't know. But it is good, I think it is better to have a wife I really do, especially when it comes, to when it's time for uh, there's, ma- you know, you guys know, we as staff pastors and myself, we don't have counseling. I don't counsel a woman by myself ever. I mean, you know what? I can't tell you ever because I actually have, but even in then one, I'm real nervous too. I got like every door and window open. I'm telling my, I'm telling my, my secretary, listen out for me. Uh, keep your ear. I have the meeting right next to her office. I, I get weird about it, but more often than that, I'd say 99% of the time, if you as a female want to have a meeting with pastor Rodney, then you are asking for a meeting with pastor Rodney and miss Ovira. Because that's just safe. That's just wisdom. Thank you, five people, for agreeing with that. Amen. That's just safe. That's just good wisdom. That's good diplomacy. David is showing good diplomacy to have a queen next to him. Just like it's good, again, for a senior pastor to have a wife. It was a public announcement that Abner had broken from the house of Saul and now allied with David. So this is a really smart move. Plus, he's probably, honestly... Really? He probably still loved her. Because, remember, she was taken from him. Now, look at verse 15 and 16. Ishbosheth sent and took Michael from her husband, Paltiel, to bring her to David. Are y'all getting the scene here? I don't know if you are. Are you getting the scene? Michael and Paltiel are probably watching a movie on the couch. I'm working here, people. And these guys come in, and they take her off the couch, and they start walking. And Paul Tiel, did you get this? He is walking behind her, crying, sniveling. There is nothing worse than a sniveller. <laughs> Say amen. That is the truth. Nothing worse than a sniveller. Now, I don't know. I wasn't there. Maybe these are tears of joy. I don't, I I, I don't, I I don't know. I wasn't there. I'm just saying. But verse 16 is extremely telling. Abner has had enough of his sniveling Paltiel walking behind. And he says, go home. I love this. I don't, I can't believe y'all not, can not believe you all not do not you love this? And Paltiel just turned around, walked away. What? I just, God. Boy, walking. Where are you taking her? Where y'all going? Where y'all going? And he just sniffed. <laughs> Adam turned around and like, Go home. Just get out of here, man. And, and the amazing thing is, he just goes. I mean, <laughs> it's just like shocking. He just, he just turns around. The Bible says, and he returned. He just left. He, he, he didn't put up a fight. He didn't try to defend her. He didn't say, hey, where y'all taking her so I can get the bail money? Abner said, get out of here. He turned around and walked away. Paul has got to be the weakest man I've ever met in scripture. And again, maybe she was glad to go. I don't know. Maybe looking forward to getting back to David because she knew she wasn't married to a valiant man like David. David would have defended her. So she's probably the spiritual head in the home. Uh huh. Uh, She was probably the one to say, hey, let's turn off the TV and and grab a Bible and pray. She was probably the one who said, you know what? I'm going to go find a church and we're going to start going back to church. I ain't talking to nobody here. I'm going to find a church. We're going to go back to church. We're going to get ourselves back to church. She was probably the spiritual leader of the home anyway. Husbands, listen, that is criminal. Criminal. And you guys know how I feel about that. And I think how the Bible feels about that. The husband is to lead the wife, not drag her. Amen. Ladies, say amen. All right, don't put your hands on her. Amen. But lead her and love her. And, and and I hear it all too often. Oh, your first time here? Yeah. Great, great, great. Nice to meet you. And uh yeah, sure did. Joy, so yeah, great. Mary, Um yeah, uh huh. Oh, your husband is he getting kids or getting a cup of coffee or uh no, he <laughs> Well, he's home. <laughs> really? He's home? Yeah. That's not good. That's not good. Husbands, if anything, you need to be the one going out to find the church. You need to be the one leading. You need to be the one leading your family. Don't be a spiritual chump, fellas. Amen. I can say chump because I'm down here. I'm not up there. All right. Don't be a spiritual chump. Don't be, don't be that, don't be that guy. Lead your family. Love your family. Teach them the word. You be the one to say, hey, let's turn off the TV and and let's read the Bible. No, don't, 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 don't start in Leviticus. Don't get me wrong. We're going to start in Leviticus. And the blood and the wrath of the Lord is coming down on all your peoples, your peasants of the peoples. Don't, don't start there. That's not that's probably not gonna work well, well for you. But you be the one. You know, I'm I'm happy to see even tonight so many men in here, and the women are not sitting next to them because dad said, I, I can see it. That said, there's one thing I do know, and that is Calvary Chapel Cary. I do know this church. And I can see there are many men in this room right now that said, Honey, you stay home with the kids because the weather is kind of eh and I'll go to church. That's what you need to do. That's a good thing to do. Y'all come on, clap your hands and say amen. That's a, that's a good thing to do. Husbands, you lead the family. You be the spiritual leader. We need husbands and we need men who are willing to take the lead. And again, I tell you all the time, and I really mean this, I love this about this church. We have so, people have commented on it. Well, you have so many men in this church. Thank you, Grandma. Oh, there's so many men in this church. You know why so many men in this church? Because we don't have no drama. Drama-free zone. Amen. And y'all know what I'm talking about, huh? Church is just too dramatic for me. We don't have no drama. And, and men, we like to learn. We like to, you got to appeal to this. Don't all this emotion stuff, okay, that might be good for a Sunday, but... What about Monday? And then Tuesday and Wednesday, and then what about the next year? And my, the Bible says my people perish for a lack of knowledge. People are dying spiritually, dying because they don't know the word. And largely because the husbands are sitting back with letting their wives lead. Men, we got to do better. And I thank God for this church because we're kind of the exception to the rule. Most churches, and no, ladies don't get me wrong, love y'all to pieces. But God didn't call you to lead. And if you, when you look for a husband, if he's not going to lead you spiritually, listen, this is your litmus test right here. Y'all go out on a date and he don't say, let's pray. All right, y'all go out on an- another date and another date, and he ain't once said to you, hey, well, you know what, Let's this date night, let's have some ice cream and read the Bible. If he don't do stuff like that, run for us, run. <laughs> I'm telling you, get the stepping. Tell him there's the dough. <laughs> Not door, dough. <laughs> Write it down. You're going to need to remember that, Right? Because we're living in a culture where the role of the husband and the father is being mocked. And sometimes it's just not there. Even if the husband is there, sometimes that's not there. Well, in verse 17, we got to move forward. Abner said, you guys been talking about allowing David to rule over U.S. King. Verse 18, now then do it. C.H. Spurgeon has a whole sermon on now then do it. I love that. He has a sermon on, I love, I study sermons. I study sermons. Uh, I love to read old sermons. Don't you love to read old sermons? They're just great. They just got good stuff in them and some stuff I don't understand, but it's still good stuff in them. And it's great. And sermon and Spurgeon, the prince of preachers wrote a sermon on now, then do it. Now that's some good writing right there. And in the sermon, he shows the principle that Israel embraced David as king. Israel talked about making David as king, but they wouldn't allow him to be king. They wouldn't crown him king. They might have meant to gather together and say, oh, I wish David were king. They might even admit that he should be the king, but they wouldn't do it. They had to allow David to rule over their lives. Somebody once said, until the deed is done, remember you're undone. Until the deed is done, remember, you're undone. In other words, until you accept Jesus as your king, he is not your king. And you can talk about it, you can wish for it, you can hope it happens, but you have to do it. And remember, the sooner the better. Because if Jesus is not your master, then the devil is. Somebody say amen. Somebody once said, uh, uh, till sin is hated and Jesus is trusted, you are under another king. Until sin is hated and Jesus is trusted, you're under another king. Interesting, the request for king, for David to be king, comes from Abner and not David. Although David was the rightful king, David would not reign over Israel until they submitted to him willingly. Ding, 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 ding. Sound familiar? Jesus won't move an inch. In your life, without invitation. Huh? He won't come into your life and into your heart asking until you invite him. You have to invite. Remember, behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's knocking. And the door handle is on your side. And you have to grab that handle. Somebody listen to me. You have to grab that handle and open that door. And then the Lord will come in. He ain't going to kick the door in. He ain't going to kick the door in. Because he's a gentleman, number one. And number two, what good does it do for him to kick the door in to come into your life for you to only resist and and, and, and not want him in your life? And, and why would he do that? He won't. So it is interesting that Abner is the one to address, you know, the the, the lordship, the kingship of David over the people and not David. Well, look at verse 20. Abner and 20 men come to David in Hebron and they bring Michael. Verse 20 tells us that David made a feast for Abner and the men. And that's interesting because David has changed so much since we first met him, hasn't he? Who's been with me since 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 1? Who's been with me since? Okay, then you know, hasn't David changed a lot? He has changed a lot up to this point. Verse 1 tells us it was a long war between David and Saul, and David is not bitter. He is not vindictive. He receives them. He makes a feast for them. Verse 21, Abner said to David, I will go and gather all Israel. So they come and they make a covenant with you and you can reign and fulfill your heart's desire. So Abner went in peace and Abner wanted David's reign to be fully realized over the people of God. Well, look at verse 22 through Let's read through 30, verse 22 through 30. All right. At that moment, the servants of David and Joab came from a raid. This is interesting. And brought much spoil with them. But Abner was not with David in Hebron, for he sent him away, and he had gone in peace. Second time we see, he went in peace. And when, Ab, and when Joab and all the troops that were with him had come, they told Joab, saying, Abner, the son of Ner, came to the king. And he sent him away, and he's gone in peace. Third time. Then Joab came to the king and said, what have you done? Look, Ather came to you. Why is it that you sent him away? And, 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 and he's already gone. Surely you realize that Ather, the son of Ner, came to deceive you, to know you're going out and you're coming in, and to know that all that you were doing, and when, pardon me, Joab, when Joab, had gone from David's presence, he sent messengers after Abner, who brought him back from the well of Sirah. But David did not know it. And when Abner had returned to Hebron, Joab took him aside in the gate to speak with him privately. And there stabbed him in the stomach. So that he died for the blood of Ashel his brother. Afterward, when David heard about it, he said, my kingdom and I are guiltless before the Lord forever of the blood of Abner, the son of Ner, lest it rest on the head of Joab and on his father's house. And let there never fail to be in the house of Joab, one who has a discharge or a leper. And this is putting a curse on somebody. All right. May there never fail to be a discharge. Now, I'm going to leave that alone. All right. Or a leper who leans on a staff or falls by the sword or who lacks bread. So Joab and Abishai, his brother, killed Abner because he now they're telling us why he killed him. Are you with me? So Joab and Abishai, his brother, killed Abner because he had killed his brother Ashel at Gibeah in the battle. So the servants of David And Joab come back from a raid and they brought back spoils, although Abner wasn't with David because David had sent Abner away and said, go in peace. So Joab learns that David sent Abner away. Look at verse 24. Joab said to the king, why did you send him away? And now he's gone. If I were David, I would say, first of all, who are you talking to? You don't talk to the king like that. You better recognize. You don't talk to the king like that. your highness David's the king why'd you let him go why'd you do that you don't talk to the king like that that's not the way you address the king but again David as we've talked about being a type of Jesus how many times have we talked to King Jesus that way
0: you have been listening to Salt and Light a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch